Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to learn how to increase cognitive skills in learners of all ages and abilities. And I have a special guest, Dr. Carol Brown. Welcome, Carol, and thank you for joining us again on this broadcast. I'm so glad to have you back. Oh, Peggy, it's so good to be back. Thank you for the invitation. I always love getting to come on and um, share with your group and just appreciate everything that SPED has done. So thank, thank you. you. Yes, and 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 I I keep tabs on Carol, and we run into each other sometimes at conferences when we're speaking, and um, just how God is like expanding your ministry and just your knowledge and wisdom that He continues to teach you, and you continue to just pour out and to help people. And we were talking before the broadcast even started on just the um, the amount of people that you have been able to pour into um, with the wisdom you've been given, and um, just some amazing stories. And I know you're going to be able to share some of some of those things. Um, and so I would just love for for our audience to doesn't know who you are. Um, just a little bit of background on who you are and and a little bit about your um, company, Equipping Minds, and what you do. Okay. Well, in terms of background, we won't go all the way back, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite the journey that God has um, directed. And my husband and I have been married 35 years and have Congratulations. Really- Thank you. Three adult children and a granddaughter now. And it was our second son when um, he was born that he was in uh, severe distress. His extremities were blue the first 13 hours and was born in a little 40 bed mountain hospital in North Carolina. And we waited for that trauma team to get up the mountain. And literally everyone in the hospital were on their knees praying for him because they had nothing there to help. And God would sustain and truly breathe for him. And I knew from my background, I had been a social worker and a crisis pregnancy center director. So I knew that this um, was not looking good. Right. We were in first steps and OT and speech and but he would be diagnosed with a severe language processing disorder and receptive and expressive language. And we would do so much therapy. But I will tell you, when he did have therapy, I was either in the room or in an observation room because I knew that I needed to learn what they were doing so I could do it really 24-7. Exactly. And that was just so key. And I always found therapists that were very open to that. Now, mind you, that was 30 years ago. 
Yeah. But I, I really tried to partner with them and explain how much I valued their knowledge and how I wanted to do exactly. it, you yeah. know, seven days a week. And, and they were actually very um, excited to hear that. But on yeah, that journey, it is rare. It, it, it is rare. Yeah. <laughs> it is rare. And we, through the journey, we would do lots of different educational programs. I homeschooled some. I was a classical Christian school headmaster for a while. And we lived in France for a couple years. And, yeah. but during that time, we just wanted him to do his best. Just, oh, yeah. you know, we really weren't focused on the grades. Um, however, he would continue to progress. But when he was 16, he came home and he said, Mom, I can't process it as fast as it's coming at me. Wow. And so I knew from a neuropsych that we had done that he had weaknesses in working memory, that ability to hold on to multiple pieces of information. And we always knew that his auditory processing, his language processing um, were challenge areas. And so I actually pulled out my own son from the school. I was headmaster. But he was not loving learning and I just saw him defeated. I saw some depression start to sink in. Yes, and I kept it right away. It was so yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. So I had a dear friend who um, agreed to homeschool him for me. So I finished out Amazing. my year and then God directed our lives and I was always fascinated with neuroscience and the brain and believing that the brain could change. But I felt like we had done the best things there were. We had spent tens of thousands of dollars on some amazing kind of educational therapies. And like I said, the OT and speech and sensory things. And exactly. However, we were still stuck. And so that's when I really started just delving into processing and working memory, which are part of what are called our cognitive skills. I was going to say, can you explain exactly what what is cognitive skills? Because I think that's probably a a vague term to many or an an unknown. (laughs) Right. It, It actually is because a lot of times people just think as cognitive skills as just thinking abilities. But it's really how we are processing numbers and letters and images and words and sounds and how we hear things, how we um, visually take information in, how we can think about things, how we can retrieve things, how we can think about two things at one time and compare them and make a decision because then that's going to take us into what's more popular today. You'll hear people talking about executive functioning skills, right? which I will go on record. Those are really, the brain isn't totally developed till we're 25, not like on your 25th birthday. (laughs) And, and with that, Almost everybody, if you looked at symptoms of the executive functioning challenges, almost everybody would have some symptoms. To oh, be yeah. Honest, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. yeah. Some are more pronounced and they there's a professor up in Canada, Dr. Adele Diamond, and she really kind of honed in on this and said, it's really thinking of executive functioning, which are all part of cognitive skills, okay. that ability 
to think before you speak and act. So kind oh, of that okay. attention, yeah. that self-regulation. Right. Yeah. There's so many words that you're, you know, you're, you're bringing them all together because I we hear so much of this and we talk so much about this in on our broadcast. And um, so it's nice to know that there's kind of a, a uniform bucket <laughs> where we can say, this is all really kind of related. It is <laughs> because you almost can't have one without the other. Right. I yeah. Mean, you really yeah. can't. So when you have a hard time holding on to multiple pieces, which is our working memory, that's the second component in executive functioning. Well, if your impulsivity is hard, you're going to go maybe with the first thing and you're not thinking. And then you have to have a third component, which is cognitive flexibility. And with that cognitive flexibility, that's really being able to alter your view, to Okay, you're not getting what you want. Whoops, we oh they oh yeah you're ordering something right and they don't have that. Oh, you've got to change direction. And that can be really frustrating. And so being able to alter your view in situations and make another choice. Um so that flexibility and come on, there's a lot of adults. Who yes. have challenges with that, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> those are things that it's so interesting because in a TED talk that um, Dr. Adele Diamond did, she actually said a foundation of executive functioning is the ability to take turns. Oh. And we do that all the time in Equipping Minds because in Equipping Minds, I was trying to figure out how can I build my son's cognitive skills? How can I right. build these? Because it wasn't more academics. It wasn't a different math curriculum. Right, because you already went down that path. <laughs> that, 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 right. And no, that was not the answer. Right. And we had slowed it down at his pace. You know, we had done all those So that's where I had studied some of the ways that those things were assessed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if that's how they're assessing that, why don't we use some of those to actually train those regions of the brain? So I looked at multiple different things really over the last almost hundred years in neuroscience and psychology and just studied. And I kept coming back because I'm classically trained to having a conversation with everything. So let's process images and letters and numbers and sounds and symbols. Absolutely. And and then I did come across the work of Dr. Reuven Feuerstein out of Israel and found out that he had been talking about cognitive functions, which are very oh. similar, but he even broke them down further. He said, wow. can a student name the thing that they're even thinking about? Do they know the name for it? Can they so think about it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. Can they yes. classification? Are they forming images? Can they focus? Can they um, perceive what they're seeing? Can they do a systematic search? Right. You know, we can think yeah. of it when someone goes to the refrigerator and they say, well, I don't see anything. And okay, Exactly. Well, yes. Or yes. the bookshelf yep. or in your mm-hmm. room. Um, and so he was looking much further down at yeah. those cognitive 
functions. And he never even used the term processing or working memory um, or executive functioning, but he was the forerunner in a lot of that language. But um, he came in very differently because Dr. Feuerstein worked with individuals who had been through severe trauma, who had intellectual disabilities, who may have had autism or Down syndrome. And he believed before we even had the technology to prove it, he was saying that the brain could change that neurons could be created and strengthened and connected. And and honestly, when he was saying this, people would walk out of his lectures. And I mean, they really would. He would be over here in the United States and people would just say, well, you you know. Right. Yeah. And that mentality has continued on today. I mean, we had a conversation prior to this that was very Mm -hmm. much on point with that. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. It's, it's hard to change people's minds that it's changes, but there's so much hope that we can provide when we we tell our kids when we, we, Mm -hmm. you know, convince ourselves that there is something more and we, our child, ourselves, you know, a loved one isn't stuck in this. There, there are options to move beyond these limitations that we just seem to be befuddled with Mm -hmm. because everything typical is not working. Right. So I'm super excited about the work that you do. Um, Karen popped on and said, so excited to see Dr. Brown today on SPED Homeschool. Thanks for watching, Karen. And know if you are watching, we've got quite a few viewers on that you can put your questions and comments in the feed. Mm -hmm. A lot of you sent in questions ahead of time. We have a form now that comes out in our our email notification the the day prior to the broadcast and you guys can submit questions. So actually the majority of the questions I'm going to be asking um, Carol now from now till the end are your questions yes. and they they made a great series of questions um so so just know that um that you can do that or you can join us live on this broadcast and you can see on our our website um all the upcoming broadcasts too that we have every tuesday um typically so um so yeah so that that gives us a really good understanding mm-hmm. of what um cognitive skills are. I guess the next question that was asked um, is about just um, encouraging cognitive skills. And this question was specifically for teens, but I'd love for you to address it, you know, just at at different um, levels, because I know a teen is probably in the mid range of where you you work because you work with people that are elderly yes. all the way down to to younger kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that provides, you know, a great span <laughs> of um, of knowledge and just how well that this growth can happen. Right. So a lot of times with teenagers or even some of our younger children, definitely our adults and um, that we work with, we actually talk to them about what these cognitive skills are. 
way. And so, right. but we'll put it by in that way. Yeah, it really, <laughs> because we're trying to, you know, hey, do you ever forget the steps to a math problem? Right. You know, I know that you are working as hard as you can, but do you feel like one day you you learn it and the next day it's gone? Or, um, you, you know, like our son who was sitting in class and just could not keep up right. with the lesson. He said, Mom, it was like they threw a Frisbee on one side of the room and I went to grab it and they threw it on the other. And oh, wow. um so like when I was developing this program, I actually sat him down and said, you know, hey, Clayton, I'm going to develop these games to help you be able to sit in class and to be able to process that information and hold on to more pieces of information. Absolutely. So are, yeah. are you willing to kind of be, you know, the guinea pig <laughs> and, and let's see if this works. And he was like, okay, sure, mom. So we started developing them. And awesome. because we had that buy-in because he wanted, he knew he was working hard. Right. And when he knew that I knew, and that's what I need you to hear. You know what? As a general rule, I have found that students are, it's not that they're lazy, okay? Exactly. It's it's really that something is interfering and they are trying and trying and trying. And and God gave me a glimpse of this and that was when we lived in France, okay? So um, we lived in France and I'm the principal at the American school and I'm sitting in French class and guess who can't learn French? Me. And I think I'm doing great, though, because I've always been a pretty good student, but I think I actually have the right answer. Okay? Uh-huh. So I'm raising my hand and answering it, and I'm wrong. And I'm wrong again and again. And finally, wow. my husband looks at me and says, just be quiet. Okay. <laughs> and pretend that the word is stand. Okay? Like they're doing it. And I kept saying sand. And they would say stand, and I would say sand, and they would say stand. And finally, it hit me oh. hearing it. And I realized that, and this is when I'm in my 40s, that, oh my word, I have some damage to my auditory system. I'm not hearing in the other language. Oh, oh my goodness. Everybody in the class thought I wasn't trying. <laughs> Because they were okay. looking, I'm the principal right. the school, and they're literally looking at me like, you're just not taking class seriously. And they oh, had that's so, so hard. Guess yes. who stopped looking at the teacher? Guess who stopped raising her hand? Guess who started making excuses why I needed to miss French class? Yeah. And, and then you're defeated. I, I felt defeated and it hit me. It was just a gift God gave me. I said, is this what it feels like? to work so hard and think you have the right answer. Right. Oh my goodness. Thank you for this glimpse into this. Right. And that was, that was huge for me. Um, it was very humbling. Okay. Cause everybody's like, have you learned French yet? And um, mm-hmm. I thought Equipping Minds is being translated into French and and Arabic and Spanish and Bosnian and all kinds of languages, but um, mm-hmm. I'm not speaking them yet. But so but that was, I totally get that. I'm trying to learn Spanish because I'm I'm a guest at the Spanish speaking homeschool conference, and I was like, ah, 
I, yeah. I know a little, but I'd really yeah. love to know more. I know. So that was, and I will tell you, as we fast forwarded with our son, he actually went on to college. He went to boys college. He ended up graduating on the dean's list. He finished college in three and a half years. And believe me, when he was 16 and I pulled him, I, my husband and I, I was a mess. I was in tears. I thought, I don't know if, and it's not that it was college. I just wanted him to have some further training in whatever God had called him to do. Right. Um, He actually works for us now and he's an educational therapist, even though he did a degree in biblical counseling Once he started actually working with students, he said, Mom, I just want to give hope because I know what it feels like to not have hope. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we got to see that. But it's important, please hear me, with those teenagers to get that buy-in. I will tell them um, (laughs) because we, you know, at Equipping Minds, we play games. So I need you to know we're not doing school. And I've had some teenagers say, Finally, somebody gets it. (laughs) I had to do have another tutor. um, Right. So we go in and we're developing those skills that are needed to be successful. And we we just kind of take that apart for the student. Right. And and they actually appreciate that we're kind of talking through what these areas are and and, you know, the other day I'm working with uh, a lady in her 30s with multiple degrees, but she was in a traumatic accident. And so oh, wow. she, when we're actually playing the game, she'll say, wow, I can really feel the left side of my brain working. Or the other day, well, that's oh, amazing. Wow, this exercise is making my right side. Or now we have our own cards, which have numbers, symbols, shapes, colors, directions. And it was funny. She said, whoa, these cards are making my entire, I can feel it throughout my entire brain right now working. That's so Um, cool. So she has a lot of what we call metacognition. She understands how her brain is working and thinking. Right. um, Because she's had trauma to it. And, you know, she's a lot older Yes, and, um, uh-huh. so it kind of freaks me out sometimes. <laughs> She's like, "Okay, I'm really feeling this here." So, it's, but it's fascinating because that is—it's super fascinating. Yes, and you know, a lot of us don't even think about our brain thinking. You know, right. but but for some that you know. It's, through those circumstances or when they use it so much um, that, that they start seeing the improvements so, so greatly. Um, I just want to answer a question specifically to that's, it's been, there's been a chat on the side um, about how to access the video and registration. There isn't any registration. Um, If you're not able to access the video where you're at, just know if you can go to our main Facebook page or um, to our YouTube channel that you'll be able to watch this feed live and, um, and you can, but I'm, I'm glad you're able to put comments in because it looks like you're, you're actually seeing us. Um, so, so that, that looks good. Um, uh, Karen also want a shout out to you, Carol. Um, she said that, um, equipping minds is amazing. Changed my ed therapy practice forever. Um, so, so yes. And there's just, um, so, so many things and so many people that that you are um, you're reaching out to Carol and um, and you know a lot of times we struggle we struggle and I with the the struggles that our kids are going through 
and we don't see the hope that that child Mm -hmm. will put into the world as well as how that struggle is going to affect us in our calling as well. Um, And I just want to point that out because I think a lot of times when you have a younger kid, especially that is just, you know, kind of starting this process, you're thinking, this is the end of my dreams. This is the end of my world. And it's not, it's the beginning. And I would just really want to encourage you in that, that Carol's story and my story and so many other people's stories as, um, as moms who really cared and just gave it all. Um, and how that has changed us, the trajectory of our kids' lives as well as ours. And, and there's so much hope in that. And God has a plan. So it's not like he's saying, you just needed some extra burdens. <laughs> no, you needed some lessons to help others and, and to help um, just yourself. Um, I've seen this as a huge growing experience for myself as well. Um, so the next question that I want to dive into um, is... Uh, one of our viewers, Janet, asked, what is the number one activity to add to students' daily routines? Wow. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. <laughs> if you have not been to the Equipping Minds YouTube channel, please, please go. I have gifted lots of um, workshops and and there's a link to a, a handout, which is 41 pages from awesome. our in our cognitive development curriculum. But there is probably, if I was going to, you know, she's putting me on the spot with one game. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so that's a toughie, but I may give you actually a couple answers on this. Okay. We, okay, like I said, <laughs> we now have our new cards, but let's say you don't have the new cards. You, you can get them. I will tell you there are, so many ways to use these cards, it's not funny. But <laughs> even if you had just a deck of playing cards, you could do this. So you could look at it a couple of different ways, but I'm going to put these up. You would alternate saying the number, the color, the animal, um, the word, and even the direction. Uh, you could even put in the symbol. But when you're saying, what do I want to do? Well, you need to do something that's going to increase processing and working memory, executive functioning. You're going to see all these things here. And right. but we also look at it with a deck of cards. So if you're saying the number, four, color, color white, white, we could do letter. Hell. And this one is actually going to be an I. Okay, they're all capital. Yeah, they're all capital. (laughs) Got it. Animal, fish, ward, word, horse. Horse. Yeah, so it's funny because it's different than the picture. (laughs) Talk about having to not be impulsive and right having to pay attention in this working memory. Mm -hmm. This um, direction. I don't know if it's the same on yours as mine with the screen, but it's to my left. Yes. Which is, is that. <laughs> and then the symbol. So the square. Yes. And so you could be alternating that, but you could start out just doing number color. So right. five red. So do you actually say it then when they do it, or do you eventually want them to move into being able to do it on their own? Yes. Yeah. So you okay. eventually, initially, I may give a prompt. So we're just going to alternate like number color. Okay. Okay. Okay, Now, hey, let's. Now, the other thing I will tell you, 
I am passionate about you playing this with your child, that it's a game. Right. Because yeah. relationships, if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Kurt Thompson and yes. the power of relationships so and games and changing the brain. And it, so it needs to be positive. I don't want the student to feel like, you know, a project or something, but that we're actually, hey, doing this together. So, you know, hey, you do it, I'll do it. You do it, I'll do it. And then, so we're Mm -hmm. alternating number, color, number, color. But like with the new cards, you could say, oh, we're going to alternate picture and word. So you're going to alternate between the right animal, bear, and then the word, oh, bear. Okay, elephant. Oh, and then we have horse. Okay, so you're having to pay attention. And so when you're doing it and you're taking turns, remember, we're going back to that executive functionability. Right. And you, yeah. then you can even say to the student, okay, you pick two things now. Okay, now you pick two things. Now let's mm-hmm. do, um, you know, letter, color, number. And just keep building and holding on to that sequence. And and then you can eventually do like plus one. Oh, you yes. You go up a letter. You mm-hmm. can do plus two. The other day I was with one of my students and they're, um, you know, over in Bosnia. And they said, I said, so what have you done new with the cards? Because they're just taking right. these cards and playing with them every day. They said, oh, we're doing times three. And so just alternating times three. So um, I won't go into the complexity of everything they're doing with it, but there's just so much you can do with these. And once again, if you don't have them, you can do a regular deck of cards. You're dealing with the, you know, the numbers and just two colors and just four shapes. Right. Um, But that this, now is working that the part of the brain that works with letters and numbers and images and directionality exactly. you can even add the sound you can even if you are someone like myself who teaches the presidents well this is also oh john adams oh two would also be february oh yes you can do the uh-huh. second book of the mm-hmm. bible you know, yep. Exodus, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you could do Old Testament, New Testament, anything and just keep developing. So having a deck of cards um, and then adding that and you'll see that right. in the free handout, how we would do that with like the card game blink or a deck of cards or which yep, Karen cards. mentioned that blink would be um, is I think it was one of them you used before you developed your, your own cards. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And we still use blink. Um, and like, we still use a deck of cards. We just now, you know, have yeah. our own and can do all, all of the above. But right. Yeah, yep. so it makes it a lot of fun, but that's what I would do because you're, you really are working on that processing. The other thing they can do with the deck of cards exactly. is sort them. So they yes. can sort them and, you know, it's amazing how we will sort things our entire lives and that ability to sort things. And when they, when they do that to say, oh, you know, two on two or red on red or elephant on elephant or, you know, diamond on diamond. Mm -hmm. And 
So, and then you're saying, okay, now let's switch gears. Okay. Now let's sort, um, like with blink, you can sort by color, by number, by shape. Well, you could say, okay, now let's do color. Okay. Now let's switch. Now Mm -hmm. switch to shape. Okay. Switch again. Right. Because you kind of get in that one mode of this is how it's supposed to always be sorted. And yeah, there's other, other options and beyond just that typical. Yeah, absolutely. And just, Because what I need you to hear is just because something is easy, but that's how you get faster. You know, someone who's a runner, running, right? You keep Mm -hmm. doing the same things. And what's so neat is it just continues to um, strengthen the brain and build those neuropathways. Right. I was going to say it makes them into like super highways versus the country roads. (laughs) Get them battered down enough. Yeah, that's we talk about that a lot mm-hmm. with um, with muscle memory when you do like things physical. Your body just gets used to it and it almost requires less effort it to does. do things when at first you're like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to do this. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you find yourself going, oh, this is so simple. Well, because your body remembers the motion. They know that it knows the most efficient pathway. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. The same I will thing. tell you as a parent, if you're doing this with your child, it will strengthen your brain. Yes. <laughs> we hear that all the time. And that's why people are now even doing it with their grandparents as well. Oh, that's so awesome. We, yes. We've got students getting online, doing this with their grandparents, which is just so sweet. It is. Um, yes. And that gets back to that relationship too, that you were talking about. And um, we got a kind of a question re- yes. related to relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Brandy asks, what's the best way to help my son who's 10 develop social skills and make friends with limited speech? Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, it really is playing games with them. It really is. This yeah. has been, I have got parents of, now, Brandy, I don't know your son. However, I've got parents who they would seem like similar profiles. Right. Similar challenges. And they're, they will tell me, oh, I take spot it with me in my purse all the time. Or I take the new cards or I take blink or I take set because then their child has something to do uh, or when their friends are coming oh, over, they'll yeah. get the games out. Yes. I mean, we actually had a 17-year-old who had a very much an invisible disability, but she would say when she was at youth group that um, when it was game time, she was very awkward in those situations and was not comfortable. So oh. she would, you know, go, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to take a bathroom break. I'm going to go get a snack. Right. And so we would actually, we'd say, well, what games are you going to be playing, you know, at youth group or whatever? And she's, oh, they always like to play spoons. So we just kind of set it up, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Practice it, you know, and then, and then um, giving some other games that, that we do as well, which are fun, like we spotted. And, yeah. and working with the student so that then when they have friends over, that there's something that they can be successful with. Exactly. As well. yeah. so it's, and it's engaging too. And again, yeah. it goes back to what you're talking about, that relationship building and, and um, you know, kids are just young adults even. I mean, yeah. they're, they're kind of a gaming generation. And my right. kids, they socialize best when you got a game in the middle of the table. They do. So yeah, it just yeah. It and it's, really, it's really okay helps. 
to also do it where you're taking turns. And it doesn't always have to be competitive on who gets done first. Yeah. You can, you can absolutely mix that up and everything. And um, yeah, because that can be so many different things to have fun with that. But that, right. you know, I guess I've seen once they're comfortable with the game and then their friends come over yeah. You actually, they, they can't wait to kind of, oh, I, okay, I can do this. And you see more of that language come out when they're playing. Oh, that's awesome. So that's yeah. yeah. So another um, kind of more focused question that we got from our audience um, was that asking about, do you recommend seeing a neurologist to help with screening for other angles in learning deficits? Right. So that is very student dependent and family dependent. It it really is because there are a lot of wonderful assessments um, that, you know, you know, on some dyslexia sites, there may be a little dyslexia checklist or on our Mm -hmm. website and on the Equipping Minds website, you'll see a parent menu and there'll be a learning screening. And so you can um, complete that and send that to me and I'll do a complimentary consultation and I can see the symptoms. And so, you know, what, I mean, I can do some online testing, um, absolutely, but I can also look at it and say, okay, you know, it it might be good to have some. Um, Sometimes the other day I had a parent who, who said, yeah, I went and had all this testing done and they told me what I already Whatever knew. knew. Yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. I know you spend that much money or you hear somebody spending that much money and it's like, oh, yes. Yeah, um, because a lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of times um, psychiatrists, you know, the majority still are not going to, tell you that the brain can change. Exactly. Okay, but kind of back really, to what we were talking about at the very beginning yeah. is that mentality just has not set in that, that there's hope beyond there, the diagnosis is a diagnosis for life. I think that is, um, is so, so widely accepted it is. that we don't even, you know, we're like, Oh, well, that's that cutoff age where <laughs> you're done. And <laughs> what hope does that give? But um, yes. Yeah. And you know what? And that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Peggy, because guess what? There's not a cutoff age. Yes. So often people will say, oh, no, and I know they're, they're too old or this. And I'm so, like, absolutely not. Right. No, it's still as the, if they are living and breathing, it is never too late. It is never too late. And it's yeah. not about perfection. It's about absolutely. continuing to develop each of us for what God intended. And, and even if it's where I see a student who now, okay, they could hold on to a one-step direction. Well, now they have a two or now they have a three. And you you see that progress. And I think, you know, a beautiful thing with homeschooling is I, I know that, that you teach this, that it's not really this imaginary world. Oh, well, this is what they have to know in sixth grade, right? Right. Well, said who, when, right? Right, exactly. Um, (laughs) Right now we're finding in, in the public schools because of COVID, 
you know, everybody's behind. And so there are all, you know, all the math scores, the reading scores, even here in Kentucky this morning, they were talking about, well, we don't have enough teachers. And so kids are falling behind and you can't read if you don't have a reading teacher. You can't do math if you don't have a math teacher. And uh, I wanted to say, well. What happened before all those people are around? We still do that. (laughs) And, And because right now you're trying to cram in Right. All yes. this information because all this was missed for two years. And then you're asking them to hold on to a five step direction when their working memory is weak and they can only hold on to a three step, maybe, or a two step. And right. they're frustrated. The teachers are frustrated. And I, I shared with Peggy earlier, this may be a rarity, but I had the privilege, I've spent my day today training public school teachers. They were elementary, middle school, and high school, and the prerequisite was they had to believe the brain could change, and they all said, we need something different because the typical interventions, accommodations, modifications, interventions that we're told to do are not changing this child's life. And yeah. so the, but the big difference in this particular district is the director of special ed and one of the other teachers, their children did equipping minds. And yeah. so they, they knew one was dyslexic and knew that rapid naming and working memory and auditory processing were important. And so once those got strengthened, um, right. If they were on a different trajectory, and the right. other, you, build, you have that foundation that that really hinges everything it that does. you use for every processing across the board in every yeah. subject. And it's it's like when we forget about mm-hmm. what's necessary to have in place, and we just kind of start cramming the information. Like the information is going to educate us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's what we have to have in place for that information to really make sense and for us to synthesize it and really use it wisely. Um, and instead of just spit it out and forget it. Um, right. and, and some people are good at that, but they still aren't very wise. <laughs> right. so. or they pass the, you know, they pass the test, but then if they took the same test a couple of days later, they don't remember anything. And it was like, well, exactly. what just happened? What, Right. Yeah. Is that really what we want? Um, right. and, and I know a lot of homeschoolers are really don't, see that as education and and so right. we're kind of speaking to the choir but um but anyways it just it just makes so much more sense that you know i think we beat our heads because we're trying to do what the system has told us is going to work mm-hmm. um and yet now you are telling us that even people within the system are saying this isn't working, working. Yeah. <laughs> we've got to change um so, so yes. Um, yeah. And so that's a, you know, that's, and I appreciate, you know, because when somebody can say, you know what, this isn't working, right? We need to change. You see that teachableness and, and with anything, exactly. we'll, we'll kind of, um, you know, say like with, when we're retraining the brain, when we're working on these things, it does actually take time. Okay. So yes, yes. It's, it's not overnight. Yes. It's not overnight. <laughs> it's just like if you're learning to play the piano or you're strengthening anything else, or you start to play soccer, you Absolutely. know, you're, um, it, it's a process and it'll be funny because sometimes 
people say, well, how many hours? Well, everybody's a little different. We'll say Mm -hmm. you need to really train the brain a a minimum of 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Right. That was a question we had from Lisa. And she said, for a student with mild cognitive issues, how much time should be spent daily doing, you know, working on stuff from Equipping Minds with 30 minutes work? Or is that cheating the child? Are we needing to increase um, we we need to increase the processing speed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thirty minutes. We actually we used to work with students an hour and forty five because we were seeing them in person, and then we started okay. doing virtual. We were doing virtual over eight, almost ten years ago. Now we had Zoom before people knew what Zoom was. What Zoom was. <laughs> so, um, so we're very used to doing online, and. And that's when we started cutting back to 30 minutes and we actually found it was very effective doing that. And the child okay. was overtaxed and it was a nice, right. nice yes. session. And then because you can do this with numerous students and then some people with their high school student actually count it like as a critical thinking class. Um, okay. Because we have yeah. college professors who do our training. And when they do the training, they're actually doing these exercises. But right. they're learning about the brain, too, because exactly. if you put that in. But it is something that you're you're training each day. And many times we have students who they just don't want to stop because they <laughs> kind of like with any athlete, they're like, oh, no, I love what my brain's doing. Hey, okay. right. Yes. And we kind of that adrenaline. Plus one, plus two, yes. plus three, <laughs> plus four. And just can we do all kinds? Of, let's make, get this more intense. And That's so cool. Wow. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they they love how they can feel their brain working, and they'll sit there and say, "You know what? I, I can actually do more than I thought I could." Oh, that's so and cool. And you'll see a lot of times that more because sometimes there can be circumstantial anxiety and depression. But then, you know, we had an adult who struggles with anxiety um, who actually said by playing the games and doing them, she felt, you know, that anxiety lesson and believed it was remapping certain areas in her brain that had impacted that. Now, um, that's coming from someone, you know, older. And and I'm not going to, you know, I mean, she was very aware and being very transparent, but many times I can tell you when I was sitting in French class and not doing well, I started feeling anxious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that affects not just being in that class. It affects your entire life. It does. And and so there's there's some, um, so there are times where circumstances and um, I just remember one time reading a a book, an international book on if there's cognitive um, deficits, challenges, it can cause cognitive distortions. It can impact how we view things and our perception of ourselves and the world around us. Absolutely. And and so um, it can just have this, you know, difficult cycle. And so breaking that and coming in relationally with the games and just um, being encouragement with our students and seeing that process because, you know, nowadays, I mean, it's not that you have to graduate 
at a certain age or, you know, graduate from college at a certain age. I mean, you're exactly. seeing, Nobody asks you after you finish. Right. How old are you? When you- <laughs> right. and, and seeing really what you're passionate about and, and everything. So exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's one more question that was a little focused um, and we may have already answered this. I think we probably already did, but um, Stacy um, P asked, would love ideas on anything to do with documented moderate to fear or severe um, executive functioning issues. Yeah, I, I mean, really what, one other thing I'll throw in here, what we were talking about with the cards will absolutely help because of that um, controlling the impulsivity and working memory and cognitive flexibility with going back and forth between exactly. everything. Another area that people will kind of look at uh, well, I'll give you two things with executive functioning can be that organization. And so sometimes even working on some categorization. Okay. Okay. So I'll do some little things. Okay. Let's categorize animals or think of something the student is really passionate about. Yes. Good that, interest um, level. Not, not your interest, but they're, yeah, theirs. Uh-huh. And, and how they might categorize things because that can that's a foundation for organizational skills. And sometimes I'll just do a little test of, oh, tell me all the animals you can think of. And I'm trying to see, oh, are they, you know, giving them by categories? Maybe it's those that it, it could be everything from vertebrates or invertebrates or mammals to um you know, big cats or rodents. Right. Or, yeah. you know, so well, that's that's interesting because, you know, really when, when you start to pull those things out, you're going to be starting to pull the buckets that how you store it in your yes. brain. And so that tells you a whole lot about what's exactly. going on inside. I didn't even exactly. think about that until you started. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's it's a great way to, to kind of figure that out without, you know, yeah. saying, well, we're going to do a test. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that's, and that has been really interesting because as you help them see how to do that, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you'll go to, you know, we won't do these ladies or gentlemen, but if you went to someone's pantry and you see, oh, how did they organize it or a refrigerator? <laughs> I'm not going to let her invite you to my house. You know? <laughs> like, what is going on in her brain? <laughs> well, the other day my sister was here and she said, where's your labeler? And I said, my what? Well, you're right. <laughs> okay, that's like, far beyond me. <laughs> everything. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no. How do you find anything? Right. And oh, so, um, but, but there's d- different levels of organization. Right, exactly. Skills. And sometimes we, of course, um, make assessments of that based on our own organizational skills. Right. I mean, we really yes. do. Yes, yes. Because my sister's incredibly organized, and so she thinks I'm very disorganized. I might feel like I'm organized, but I might look at somebody else and go, wow, they're really disorganized. So it's correct that perspective there and finding finding that balance with everything. Absolutely. But then the other thing, you'll see it on our on our handout, but there's a game called Color Code, and Color Code is a lot of fun, and I was going to find my my book with it actually and show it to you here it is and but all the time people play it incorrectly okay 
So it has all these different puzzle pieces in it, and then it will show you a puzzle. So, and this is an advanced one, and you'll see it says Master 76. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we'll look at something and we'll ask the question, oh, what do you see? So we're focusing and perceiving. So what colors do you see? And they'll say, oh, I see, you know, dark blue. And then they'll look at the two dark blue pieces that come with it and see which one they're going to need. So when they're looking at it and then they'll find that piece and, and everything. So, and then which orange piece and then which red piece and yellow and do they need a white piece? And then, so what people want to do is they want to take the pieces and move them around in their hands. Oh, you but you and want to use like, your brain. Oh, yes, no, yes, no, 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 absolutely. No, no, no. cannot do that. Um, we're going to take the pieces and we are going to think through the order and we're not going to let them touch each other. And so you have to stop and think and see, okay, well, which piece do I see the whole thing? Well, that piece goes down last. Right. And then how do I see my layers? And then laying them out, not touching, are they turned the right way? So you are really doing a lot of impulse control and working memory and visual spatial and what are called spontaneous comparisons. Right. And But this is a game that students love. They don't always love my way. You know, <laughs> exactly. They're like, but, but if you just move it around in your hands, you don't know how you did it. And you might get an answer, but you... You know, really what happened, it, it just wasn't, you know, that goal you wanted. But exactly. it starts out very easy, which I, I love to do. And this helps you get used to the pieces. And if you'll follow it step by step and build on it, then when you get right. to those harder ones, and then I even, and you'll see this in the free handout, that's when I'll even say, now take a picture. Now create what you just saw. Ah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, if someone that. goes all the way through it or, or someone says, oh, wow, this is way too easy. Okay, so let's just take it up a notch. Right, yeah. Okay. And it's nice that you have it categorized kind of by levels. So then you can yes. say, oh, well, this is just, you know, they're beyond this point and it's not, we're not going right. to like force them to do all the pieces to get to the, <laughs> right. the next harder level. And so this is where a lot of visual spatial puzzles are not done in any curriculum. You know, subject-wise, and it tends to be things that sometimes you find out students have a lot of skills there, but but then you can also bridge it and say, oh, when we are cooking and we do a recipe, we have to look at the recipe, look at what the ingredients are, what order do they need to be put in, because it actually does matter for some things, right? (laughs) It does. I know. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Won't even list my number of kitchen catastrophes. By I know. <laughs> what do you mean? It wasn't supposed order. to happen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, why would you uh, need to do that first? I know. <laughs> um, and and so you can bridge it to things in real life, whether right. it's with cooking or with building something or any kind of project Absolutely. or or anything. Which so those are great ways 
that also get them to think out loud with problem solving, but do it together. You take a turn too. Yes. And it, um, but always just make it fun. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, And I will tell you, there are times where because you've been wearing so many hats as a parent that maybe your relationship's a little fractured and you need somebody else to do that for just a season because my goal is always to equip parents for you to do it. And, um, And so that's kind of an important thing. Right. We just really want to it to be a time of encouragement, but um, it's so funny because people will say, oh, well, oh, it takes 60 hours. And it's not like it's 60 hours. Okay. I'm like, you do realize that that's less than three full days of your life. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's nothing. And when I was with the teachers today, I said, Um, you know, because they may get, you know, an hour of intervention a day. Well, they've just gotten, you know, tons and tons. And so a lot of kids had hours and hours and hours and hours of intervention. And where are you at? Exactly. You know, so it's just with anything, it's like when we find that new little, um, you know, life-saving way to to do something, we're like, how did I not know that that Exactly. You know, it was a better yeah. way to mm-hmm. that. So laying yeah. this foundation. Yeah. So I want to talk about equipping minds because we've just got a few minutes left. And um, and I, I had one question from Amy. She said, are all equipping mind sessions only online? Or is it possible for me to meet a person with someone local? And I know we were just talking about this. Yeah. Um, and in other words, are there trained professionals that do sessions throughout the year? There- I mean, there are trained professionals who do it. It just matters if you're near one of them, basically. You know, we, you know, happen to be in Frankfurt and then Shelbyville and Nicholasville, Kentucky. Um, But we have therapists that are trained around the world. You know, like you heard me say, we've been working online for a really long time and it has worked incredibly well. It has amazed me. But if there is someone in your area, um, it's just always very interesting how somebody may want that. And lo and behold, we have them or there have been times people have, you know, wanted to move to an area where there is a therapist for a season and work with them. You know, while that's happened, we we really, you know, um, between training you or training a friend of yours or finding a way to come alongside that can be done as well. And so then you have a YouTube channel um, Mm -hmm. and I'm putting up the YouTube, your YouTube call um, for your, your channel, but also I'm going to have a link in the YouTube description um, after this show. So you'll be able to just click on that and go to, um, to Carol's YouTube channel. And then your, your website is equippingminds.com. It is. And that's probably the best place to go to find everything. (laughs) Yes. And then just this morning, um, you know, we finally decided our level one training is going to be April 17th through 21st. And we're also hoping it'll be here in Frankfurt. It'll be online. But we are looking at some host sites 
in um, Texas and Virginia and North Carolina and possibly Washington. So we're excited about that. But you will see the there's a video on our homepage called Where Do I Where to Start. And so you can watch that little video because we have a lot of different options. And I will tell you, a lot of states, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Wisconsin, um, Idaho, others now cover equipping minds. Okay. So is that through the scholarship program that they have? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if your state has other Scholarship things, oh, West Virginia just picked us up. You know, when we fill things out, if a state has that kind of program, really, it's it's being covered. Good, good. Very good to know for for our audience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Carol. This was another enlightening conversation. I always love having you on and um, just love the work that you do. Definitely check out Carol's website. Thank you for joining us, everybody, on this, um, our weekly broadcast, Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, This broadcast was, it wasn't pre-recorded. That's the wrong ticker. (laughs) It was sponsored by viewers like you, and you can make a tax-deductible donation to SPED Homeschool. Um, so you can keep these conversations going. Just visit our website at spedhomeschool.com and we appreciate that. Um, and, and thanks for joining us, all of you that commented. Thanks, Karen. Karen said she's going to grab my super highways to, from versus country roads. Feel free, steal it because I probably won't use it again. (laughs) So, um, but just happy to have you all on. We've been talking about alternative therapies, and I hope that this has encouraged you. If you've just, you know, done the regular PT, OT, you know, like Carol was talking about with her son, um, there are alternatives, and we want to introduce you to those. And so that's what we've been focusing on this month. Um, next week, we're going to end that that um, series of, of broadcasts. We're going to talk about how to enhance um, educational benefits using equine-assisted therapy oh, and yeah. talk about horses. Um, so, so so yeah, so that's that's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, and, and you got a, a big shout out. Carol, love equipping minds completely changed our homeschool experience, um, wow. says Zach on, on YouTube. So um, so yeah, just want to encourage you and, and uh, just be praying that God just continues to, um, to use you, Carol. And um, I know so many people have been blessed by the work that you do. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us here. Um, We are so excited to be able to serve you and um, just um, look forward to our conversation next week. Have an awesome week. And if you didn't catch this, watch the replay or it'll come out in a couple weeks on the podcast. So we'll we'll see you all next time. God bless. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.